Hello, and welcome to Not a Couple, a Will and Grace podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And this week we're here with episode three of season four, mm-hmm. Crouching Father, Hidden Husband. Ooh. Kind of a random title that doesn't really make sense for this week. No, but I think that was one of the things about this episode was that there were just a lot of weird like topical references that like weren't totally necessary. Yeah, many of which were uncomfortable because they were so dated. Yes. Like I there was this pretty sick Felicity burn. Mm-hmm. Was not expecting, had forgotten about Felicity just yeah. Entirely. There was like a throwaway line about um Chaz Bono pre-transition. That, that was, was weird. That was really weird to hear. That gave everyone kind of a weird feeling. Yeah, we were like, whoa, oh my god. There was a Dark Shadows reference. Yes. Of all things. Mm-hmm. Because um, apparently Gardner used to be on that show. It makes sense. I mean, he has a spooky INS voice or something. Or something. I don't know. Yeah, so. But I think when we weren't flinching with uh, horror, we <laughs> enjoyed this episode, right, Tess? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good one. Better than last week, at least. Oh, much better. All right, let's read the episode description, and then we're going to get into the plot. Okay, great. All right, crouching father, hidden husband. Jack is puffed up with paternal pride as he escorts his long-lost teenage son, Elliot, guest star Michael Angerino, to a junior high school dance, but not before he coerces Grace into posing as Elliot's date. Hmm. That's fairly accurate. Yeah. I uh, I like that the episode description specifically references the Jack and Elliot plot because I thought it was very strong this week. Oh yeah, I totally agree. I think the Jack and Elliot plot this week was like, it really made the episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is a, a subplot that we'll get to about uh, Will and Karen mm-hmm. who are interacting while Jack and Grace are off at a seventh grade dance. Yes. But uh, I really just thought it was it was the heart and soul of the episode, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. And we just, we get to see again Jack sort of like playing this adult role and his like struggles to actually do that, mm-hmm. um, didn't do it well, and it, it's it's really adorable to see how hard he's trying, <laughs> and yeah, it's just nice. I like it. Well, and Jack is such a cute, adorable dad in general. Yes, you know, like he is just really good at being a dork, but he like thinks that as a dad he's supposed to be perfect. You yes, know? it's like classic like sitcom thing, except. It's turned on its head because the characters are gay in classic Will and Grace fashion, et cetera, right, et cetera. Right. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know the drill. Yes. Um, but it was just, it was him trying so hard that was the funny part of the episode. Yeah. Because, I mean, he he's trying to get him to go to the dance with this girl that he likes. Then he tries to get him to go to the dance at all, mm-hmm. which he finally does with Grace. Which, yes. Weird, but okay. That was weird, but I guess we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Because Grace is a 30, not 12-year-old. Yes. Um, then he tries to, like, get him back with the girl at the dance, then he tries to teach him to dance, but then he has a dance break. Yes, well, you know, that happens to the best of us. Yeah. It's a, it's a great dance break, don't get me wrong. There are flips. Yeah, but, uh... Such a dirty pop by InSync. Dirty pop. Do you like my impression of dirty pop? That was beautiful. Sick and tired of hearing all these people talk about... That's it. That's all I got. Um, but it's it's funny and heartwarming yeah yeah it's just it's really nice so yeah first we have this really cute scene where jack like rushes across the hall to brag about how elliot is asking a girl out in his apartment Mm -hmm. and then elliot comes back kind of dejected saying like oh she's already going with someone else right so 
then he is like really bummed and Jack wants to cheer him up. And there's this beautiful scene where Will is like trying to like pantomime, like take him to play baseball or something. Cause you know, he's just like a straight kid. Right, right. And Jack just doesn't understand. And he's just like, we can go wave at sailors. (laughs) 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 And Elliot's like totally in on the joke. And he's like, I think he meant baseball. Like, and it's just, it's really cute how committed Jack is to trying. Like this isn't like, any of his career whims where he's like, I'm going to be a fill in the blank for this week. Like right. with this, he seems like really like I'm going to be a dad. Admittedly, that's kind of a better color on him um, to not like just be changing jobs every week. Cause there's, uh, there's more of a sustained growth then mm-hmm. like he fails every week, but like improves a little bit. Yeah. Which is kind of nice. It is. It's cute. So this episode, in addition to just having some like cringy jokes was just very hard for me to watch because I find just depictions of middle school and like juveniles on television to be kind of painful when it's in like that awkward stage, you know. What happened to you in middle school? I, I don't even know. Probably. What was his name? <laughs> <laughs> I just I remember having lots of fun at school dances, so I don't think that was it. I think I just like like just I remember having a normal childhood that was all a lie in retrospect. Mm. So. I, like, have, like, retrospective, like, oh, I should have hated that <laughs> feelings. Or something. I guess that's how I would talk it out. That doesn't really make sense. But I don't okay. remember having any, like... Did you have to call girls and, like, really, like, hope that they wouldn't say yes when you asked them out? No. See, I really wanted them to say yes. Oh, you were that kind of Because everyone gay. else, right, everyone else had, like, girlfriends and stuff. And mm. I was like, why don't I have a girlfriend? I should ask these people out. Mm. And now we're not a couple. Aw. <laughs> Admittedly, it does really tickle me to this day to remember that you asked me out right after I got out of gym class. So, like, I probably looked a hot damn mess. Didn't make a difference. You were just like, this one. You're just one... so beautiful to me, no matter what. Nope. You're like, this one is clearly, clearly has breasts. This is, this is a girl. Well, I mean, it, from a very cynical perspective, like, I, like, really laser targeted on, like, the girl in our high school with, uh, not maybe not the biggest breasts. Oh, no, but they, like, were, they were the biggest. But proportional to your size. No, they were the biggest. Okay, also, they were the biggest. <laughs> I win. <laughs> Good job. You're very, very, very straight if you pick the one with the biggest boobs. That's how it works, basically. Mm-hmm. The noble hunter stalks his prey. <laughs> but not actual stalking. stalking no, not actual bad. stalking isn't funny. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to Grace being at this middle school dance. Yeah, so... That was weird. I don't love this thing where plot lines are like, Oh, this adult character will, like, work out their childhood feelings with this actual child. Right. Which I did kind of appreciate that the show sort of, like, at least, like, lampshaded that a little bit. They're like, Grace, this is not time for you to have all of your childhood feelings. Like, you're literally here so that Elliot didn't have to come to the dance without a girl. Like, I just, I feel like, based on my memory of middle school, if someone had brought not even their mom, like, Like some other random adult. Yeah. That would not have been that would not have been cool. Well, Especially if, if she didn't have boobs. If for no other reason then like there's like got to be administration somewhere. Like I remember going to other schools dances and having to get permission slips signed. Mm-hmm. Like you had to like when you walked to the dance like here's my ticket and here's my permission slip to be here. Right. Like like there's no way that she could have just walked in and be like, "Oh, I'm this 12-year-old's date." They'd be like, "Oh, okay. Why don't you go dance over there so that the cops could easily escort you out of the building in 5 minutes?" Right. Like that just so, like, there's, like, that, like, not realism that was happening a bit. And just also this idea that, like, Grace immediately, like, turned it into her own, like, 
oh my God, when I was in seventh grade, all these terrible things happened to me with boys. And it's like, honey, you're a 30, not 12 year old. Like, <laughs> get over it. Well, and it's, it's funny because the two wallflowers she talks to later in the episode are kind of into it at first because they're kind of mm-hmm. like, ooh, we're learning things from this older woman. And then they're just so over it by the end. Like, yeah. They are like, I just remember she starts telling another story and they just like chorus at one point and then he dumped you. Like, <laughs> they're just so over her. Admittedly, that is a little bit Grace's life story. I do a little bit love how, I don't know what, if she was actually drinking, but it just kind of seemed like throughout the night that Grace was getting more and more like emotionally drunk where mm-hmm. she was just telling these girls like all these horrible things that had happened to her. Admittedly, as soon as Grace put her cup in the punch bowl, I predicted that the plot was going to go to Grace is going to spike the punch to feel better, but accidentally spike the whole punch. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think that in 2001, NBC is going to have a plot line about getting a bunch of middle schoolers drunk, but I don't not think that. But admittedly, they did just have an episode where a 30-something-year-old went to a 7th grade dance, so... Right. Is there no end to their silliness? <laughs> um, one thing I did want to point out that was just like a total non sequitur, but I think we talked about this in the pilot, on the season premiere, is that this season doesn't do any references to 9-11 having happened. Mm. And I want to contradict that. I think that a lot of people who pointed out all the things they were doing on Friends did not notice that Grace was wearing an I Love NYC shirt the entire first act. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. So suck it. <laughs> they did just as much as Friends. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Ish. Ish. Anyways, moving on. They did just as much as Friends, except we have no evidence that they're going to keep doing it all season, as Friends did. Fair. They did just as much as Friends in one episode. Speaking of the FBI. Yes. So this week, uh, the runner that goes through is kind of a a boy who cried wolf scenario, where in this case... It's the uh, billionaires who cried lawyer. Yes. Uh, So for reasons... Karen decides to call Will to fix the fax machine. Yes. There is no reason given for this. Nope. Karen she, does not need one. Nope. She's just like, uh, the fax machine's broken, so I called you. Yeah. Who can I call to fix this fax machine? Oh, Will is a person. And he gets so mad about it that then she proceeds to start calling him for her own amusement to do random mm-hmm. things. Which, I mean, that's really relatable. Let's be real. Yes, I've, I've felt that thing before. Yeah. Like, I've... I've Let's just say I've been tempted to do that. We'll we'll leave it to the imagination to decide if I've ever followed through with my devious, devious evilness. What happened to you in seventh grade, man? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like then there's another scene where Karen like pulls this elaborate prank to get him to come open a jar of olives. Like mm-hmm. she like has Gardner pretend to be someone from the INS and claim that they're taking Rosario away and Which would be so sad. Yeah. Like, I was like, okay, Will's gotta run over there. It's, I was fooled. Right. And so Will runs over there and surprise, she just needs to open the olives. Yeah, which was like I expected the kicker, but obviously like once the plot starts, like Eventually, she's going to need a lawyer, and he's not going to show up. Mm-hmm. I expected it to happen a little bit sooner, so I was tricked by the INS plot. Yeah, no, they really drag it out. It's pretty funny. But don't worry. Someone really does come, and she really does need her lawyer, and it's the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Yes, the FBI shows up, and Karen is inexplicably on what appears to be a Friday night, because this is when the dance is happening. Yeah, Willow Grace is not good at the time jumping between its plot lines. No, not really. I even noticed that this week on the revival, that like... There was a lot of jumping back and forth between the two plot lines, but they literally couldn't have been happening at the same time. Right, because it was literally nighttime in some of them and literally daytime in mm-hmm. other ones, and you could tell. Well, in, in some of them, like, only a minute had gone by since the last scene. But in the other one, like, it had been a considerable amount of time. Mm-hmm. So, but anyways. Anyways. 
Timing isn't exactly the strongest thing on the show, but... It is really not. So anyways, Karen is at work and the FBI shows up and they start interrogating her about Stan because apparently he's been evading paying taxes Mm -hmm. and like he's potentially under arrest. And so then Karen sends the FBI agents to Will after she calls him in a panic and he's just like, he's such an asshole to her, but it's so funny. He's just like, no, Karen, I'm not showing up. And then she calls back and he's like, hello, you've reached movie phone. And then another weird retro bird. Yes. And like did like a really passable Mr. Movie phone voice. Mm -hmm. Like that was good. Good job. If Eric McCormick had ever like not had the acting career workout and you know, Movie phones was still a thing. If it had, like, been perpetually the 90s, mm-hmm. like, um, so, yeah, he does, like, a pretty passable um, movie phone voice, which was really funny. And then he's like, and then Charlie's their own, and leave me alone. <laughs> it was very funny. I would see that movie. I would see that, too. Charlie's their own is amazing. She's amazing. I would watch her do anything. Yes. So, in addition to Charlie's their own being amazing, um, there... <laughs> So basically, Karen sends the FBI to Will's office, mm-hmm. and Will is just not buying that they're actually the FBI because Karen has already had someone fake being the INS on the phone with him. They make him go really far in this scene. I was actually kind of impressed by like how long it took for him to break. Their commitment to sparkle motion is amazing. I mean, first of all, they're scary looking, but yes. like they could be actors. They whip out badges, and he's like, oh, where'd you get those badges? Boy Scout camp? And then he's like, I was never a scout myself because I like to kiss boys. Like, he's just, like, so not, like, his professional self in the slightest. Like, well, and he goes even beyond, like, just being, like, annoyed with them or, like, annoyed with Karen. Like, at a certain point, he, like, takes off his pants and starts dialing his phone with with his his butt. With his actual butt. Like, I don't... (laughs) That's just an over-the-top response for if Karen really sent actors. Yes. Those actors do not deserve to have to see Will's butt. Right. It was just, it was so funny because they're like, sir, we don't think you understand the gravity of the situation. He's like, gravity? Like, what's holding my pants up? And then just like, drops trout, is walking around with his pants around his ankles. He's like, I'm going to dial Karen with my ass. Like, (laughs) it's so weird. And so then Karen shows up and he still doesn't buy it. Right. And it's not until she turns on the TV and you can see Stan being arrested Mm -hmm. on the news that he's like, if you have any questions for Mrs. Walker, you can direct those to me. Her lawyer. Which, <laughs> Sitting there with his pants still on the ground. But his pants are still off. Yep. So. Yep. Proud yeah. moment for Will Truman. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. So, yeah. what's the what's the deal with the Stan plotline? Obviously, that's not getting resolved this week. Um, There are at least a few more episodes in which Stan is not present because he is in... I mean, not more prison. not present than usual. Yes. But he we acknowledge his non-presence. Right. That's a very interesting tactic for Will and Grace to take. It, I don't think Karen has ever really had an extended plotline. Yes, Karen gets a real, real plotline. That's interesting. Is it a good plotline? Don't raise your eyebrows at me, young lady. <laughs> Waggle. Waggle eyebrows. Okay, well, either way, I'm excited to see it. I think uh, the Stan-Karen relationship is delightful. Yes. I love the idea of Stan going to prison and Karen being bereft. Yes. Which I assume is her primary concern. Yes. Also love, kind of. Yes. I'm excited. (laughs) It's fun. It's fun. There's a, it's kind of, it's kind of a running joke for a while. Oh, good. I like that. I'm kind of wanting to be like, I'm sure it'll be the next episode, but I'd love it if it ran through the whole season versus just like being a one and done or like, you know, a couple episodes Mm -hmm. here and there. Also... I'd love it if Nathan went to prison. He wasn't in this episode this week. But we still hate him. But we still hate him. I just want to leave that on the on the level. Like, it felt really nice to not see him this week. Mm-hmm. I forgot he existed. 
I want him to go to prison. I I literally don't care what happens to him. I just want him gone. Yeah. And like the thing is, like I know what happens to him, but I like want to rewrite these episodes so that worse <laughs> things happen to him. Oh, so it's bad. Oh no, not not for him. Well, that's what I mean. Like it's bad, like in the sense that like he's never punished. Well, I guess we'll just have to save that for my Will and Grace fan fiction that I'm not writing. <laughs> all right. I think that's all we have for this week. I think so, too. Um, thanks so much for listening to us again. Um, Tess, why don't you tell people where they can find us online if they want to hear even more from us? So if you guys want to follow us on social media, the main one that we use is our Twitter page, which is at Not A Couple Show. Um, we post our episodes, show notes, stuff like that on there. And we also live tweet the revival episodes every Thursday that they're on so you can find us there we tend to use the hashtags will and grace if we're live tweeting and um we will normally hashtag like new episodes and stuff with not a couple or nac neck (laughs) um but we also have a tumblr page we have a facebook page we post our show notes on medium and we have an email address so if you want to send us a little personal note we are not a couple podcasts at gmail.com and you can send us an email there great all right everybody thanks again for listening uh once again i'm matthew i'm tess and this is ben not a couple bye-bye this week's episode of not a couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one cat Liza, get away from the catnip. This episode of Not A Couple was sponsored by the new Charlie's Theron movie in a planet turned upside down. One woman holds the key to the planet's survival. Charlize Theron is... Leave me alone! <laughs>